At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we're going to talk about today everything to know about LOI in real estate, letter of intent. That's what LOI stands for. See, when you purchase a commercial piece of real estate, you don't go right to a purchase contract like you do with uh, residential real estate. There's a process of a letter of intent. So we're going to talk about what that is, how that process works, and what a letter of intent uh, it has within it and why it's used in commercial real estate today on the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. By the way, my friends, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Be sure to hit the like button as well, whether you're on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review because we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. We're always looking to build our brand, build our network, bring on new guests and new topics. So any feedback you can give us, suggestions for topics and guests, we're all ears here on the Passive Cashflow Podcast. All right, so let's break into it. What is the meaning of an LOI in real estate? A letter of intent. Okay, so a letter of intent generally in real estate uh, means an intention of the buyer and the seller to agree on an agreement of sale of the property. This can be used in residential real estate, but it really is not commonly used in residential real estate. It's more so used in commercial real estate, such as buying an apartment complex or a warehouse or an office building or a retail shopping center. Generally, transactions in the commercial space are going to be going on at higher price uh, levels, and there's not so much a standard state contract. Like here in New Jersey, for a residential sale, you're probably going to use your standard uh, GSMLS or NJMLS or like the the standard contract that the Realtor Association uses here in New Jersey. Now, it can change from uh, property to property and area to area. But for the most part, letters of intent are used for commercial real estate. Now, a letter of intent, an LOI, is not a legally binding contract. Okay, A purchase agreement for real estate absolutely is. Right? You put down a deposit, you sign a purchase contract, you're locked in, right? There may be certain inspection contingencies and mortgage contingencies, but for the most part, a purchase contract has a you know deposit up a, a certain amount of cash up uh, held in escrow with a third party, and generally, if someone doesn't perform on the contract, that deposit is released to the other party that has performed properly, and the party that did not perform tends to lose that deposit. Although that's a very complicated scenario, especially in residential real estate. But in commercial real estate, a letter of intent is not legally binding. Okay, So it is an intention of both parties to agree and then put into contract certain basic terms. Okay, A letter of intent is going to include a lot of the following items. Okay, First of all, a letter of intent is going to start with an introduction. This could be one or two paragraphs, generally maybe just a couple bullet points of, of the intention to purchase the property and so on. Uh, also, the names of the parties involved, okay, that's going to be the property owner, the seller, right, uh, the real estate brokers, um, the buyer, okay, their LLC, 
and of course the escrow company whom, or whomever is holding escrow. Um, sometimes attorneys are even mentioned on that contract, that letter of intent as well. Okay, so it might include the contact information and addresses of these parties also depending on if that's uh, required. Uh, the commercial property description, right? What type of property is it? All right, uh, and, and of course, um, are there any uh, specific things that need to be uh, talked about with the property as well? Okay, ne very necessary information on the gross income or something like that of the property that's very important and should be included in the contract. The terms of the offer are also gonna be included in the letter of intent, okay? This would include the purchase price, uh, the due diligence period, right? Maybe you have two weeks for due diligence or maybe 30 days after contract signing, or maybe there's no due diligence. Maybe the due diligence is completed between the signing of an LOI and the time you go under contract. See, we have to do that all the time. Unfortunately, when you're buying a commercial property in a high demand market, if you want your offer accepted, you may have to say to the seller, I'll do all my due diligence in the LOI to contract period. Now, that's a little bit of a risk for the buyer because here you are as a buyer spending money on a physical inspection of the property, reviewing financials, uh, digging into the due diligence, the collections of the property, the service contracts, the leases, and really figuring out if it's the property that the seller and the broker are pitching you or if it's a different type of asset not collecting rent in need of much more deferred maintenance than originally thought. Maybe the leases are not accurate as to what the rent roll that was you know, solicited to you or advertised to you initially, right? So you have to understand then that due diligence might be done in that LOI to contract period. You know, that's going to be determined in the LOI. So in that case, an LOI is an extremely important document. See, we've had the scenarios where we'll get an LOI signed and we know the only way we get the deal is if we do our due diligence in that LOI time period, LOI to contract. Now, in the period of time you're going from an LOI to a contract, the attorneys are back and forth, the brokers are back and forth, the buyer and seller through those parties are back and forth, and the contract's being fine-lined and negotiated in that time period. See, an LOI is not going to have all the things a purchase contract is going to have. An LOI is going to have your purchase price, due diligence period, lease term, inspection period, your closing costs possibly, the agreed to closing period and the signing of the LOI, um, the letter of exp you know letters expiration date, right? This offer is good for one week, two week, oh, 24 hours, right? Depending on the market conditions and the, the uh amount of other competing offers you might want to say my loi is only good for 24 hours the seller has to make a decision and sign it in 24 hours that could be a good strategy as a buyer if you want to push your seller hard to sign your loi or maybe you want to have really attractive terms on your loi and like i said you could do your due diligence in your loi period now environmental due diligence is something that we always ask for 30 days after contract signing to complete so again, your environmental due diligence, this is, you know, checking for asbestos, uh, you know, oil tanks, uh, underground oil tanks, just any environmental issues, right? Uh, wetlands that can affect the property and different uh, big problems throughout the property that would cause contamination or a big issue for the buyer. So we always ask for 30 days once we go into contract to do our environmental due diligence, but often, your initial due diligence, your property inspection, 
your review of leases, your review of the seller's financials and service agreements with other service providers for the property. All that has to be done before you go into contracts sometimes. So in that case, your LOI might be a one or two page document that's signed by the buyer and seller, but boy, it's not legally binding, but it certainly feels like it is. And quite frankly, once that LOI is in place, uh, only people that do bad business would then back out of the deal without any reason. Although when an LOI is in place, it's not legally binding. So either party can back out as you do your due diligence. Um, so you want to make sure you have good brokers, good buyers and sellers you're working with in these scenarios. An LOI, again, it's not legally binding, but it can be a very, very, very important document and can get the buyer going on their due diligence and spending money. And if that's the case, you got to make sure you have a strong letter of intent LOI in place. By the way, your broker is going to help you draft this LOI. Okay. So, um, you know, again, here's a disclaimer. Um, you know, the letter of intent is not a, a binding agreement, not legally binding during a commercial real estate transaction, but the party issuing the LOI must include a disclaimer in the offer. Okay, so a lot of times that is part of the LOI, the disclaimer. Um, you can also have an ending remark, okay, uh, that'll kind of summarize the overall offer. Then you have a signature part as well where the buyer and seller are going to sign. Sometimes the broker will sign it as well. There might be an attorney to sign, but for the most part, just the buyer and seller are going to sign that LOI and that's it. So here's the breakdown of an LOI in real estate. Okay. What steps lead to a letter of intent uh, and a real estate offer? For, so the first step is the buyer uh, or the tenant or whoever the, the purchasing the property contacts the real estate broker and the broker is going to start to... Uh, uh, complete that LOI for the party uh, purchasing the property. The buyer will say, you know, here's the purchase price I want. Here's the terms I want. And the broker might go back and forth with the buyer to draft that letter properly so that it meets the buyer's goals. Now, if you're working with a realtor who's also the listing agent, which I prefer, okay, realtor broker, we're going to use interchangeably here. I prefer to work with the broker who's representing the seller. Because what you could do then is say, hey, what does the seller want? What's important to them? If uh, I can close quickly, uh, can I get this price? Or if I take out my due diligence period, can I get this price, right? So figure out how to get the terms you want. Maybe it's price or closing stage or, do, you know, do you want, oh, no mortgage contingency. Okay, I'll take out my mortgage contingency if I can get my price, right? The broker is going to guide you on that. So the broker is going to draft that document. And ideally then uh, everyone's going to sign that document and then the inspections will commence. Okay. Now, sometimes as I stated, you can have all your physical inspections and financial inspections done in the LOI time period. Okay. Maybe it takes three to four weeks for the brokers to draft that contract and get it all signed. It often takes at least two weeks to go from LOI to purchase contract. In reality, it takes about four weeks because you have people on vacation, da da da, and then brokers and high-level business people that can be slow to react sometimes. So for the most part, it takes about three to four weeks to go from LOI to purchase contract. Now, once you go into purchase contract, you're putting up a hard deposit, generally non-refundable or something like that. But again, the contract's gonna outline those terms. So in our cases, we're doing our due diligence in our LOI period. We're spending money on a physical inspection. We're reviewing leases. We're reviewing collections from the seller and, and uh, service um, uh, contracts and so on. 
So as that's being completed, um, you know, we're working also with our attorney to get that uh, contract in writing, signed and fine lined and make sure our intentions are met with that contract and we're protected in that contract as well. Because once you go into contract on a property, right, not LOI, but into contract and put up a deposit at that point, you know, you've gone hard on the deposit. You want to make sure you've done your due diligence. You want to make sure you understand that contract, your timelines. And also you want to make sure there's no games played because sometimes you'll put in the LOI, you have 90 days for closing and everyone signs off on a buyer, seller, broker. But then you turn around and the seller's attorney is like, oh no, I only want him to close 45 days because, you know, I'm an attorney and I've decided it's 45 days now. But that's ridiculous, right? Because the buyer and the seller agreed on a certain term. So sometimes the attorneys will go rogue and try to start renegotiating a letter of intent terms in the contract. And it just doesn't make sense. And that's when you got to call up your broker and say, hey, the seller's attorney is playing games. They're trying to renegotiate the terms of the LOI as they're drafting the contract. And we're not okay with that. You know, we agreed to this closing period on the LOI and the contract should reflect that. No ifs, ands, or buts. And the broker will call up the attorney and say, hey, stop fighting fights for your seller that he's not asking you to fight. Just agree to the letter of, uh, you know, whatever it says in the letter of intent that's been agreed to, let's implement that into a contract here. Let's go ahead into contract, right? Don't start making up new uh, fights or new re requests, Mr. Seller's attorney, please. Okay, because that does happen sometimes when you're going from LOI to contract. The attorneys will all of a sudden start demanding stuff that neither buyer or seller even re requested. Okay, so tips for writing a real estate letter of intent. Okay, so uh, according to, you know, if you have no idea how to write a letter of intent, here's some simple tips. Again, your, your broker's going to guide you in this, but according to its name, a letter of intent isn't a random note. It should be written in the form of a letter. It should also contain bullet points and terms and generally will have about 10 numbered paragraphs in it or so. Um, start by writing an introductory paragraph stating the purpose of the LOI and uh, what both parties hope to achieve. Um, carry out enough research on the parties who will be actively involved in the transaction process, you know, uh, address information there. Uh, include the full names of the buyer and seller and the real estate broker, the um, whoever's going to hold escrow as well. Um, state the property description, the purchase agreement, uh, you know, as far as the basic terms there, the lease term, the basic tax information, the purchase price. Um, you can even put, you know, insurance information if, if you would like. Um, you can include things like annual tenant rent, you know, land survey information, things like the rent is this amount. Now that's going to all kind of be reiterated in the contract, but you can include that in an LOI. Um, try to include conditions that may render the LOI void. Okay. If, uh, we do research on the property and it turns out it's in the flood zone or, you know, there's an environmental issue or, um, you know, the, the leases are not as uh, advertised, okay? Or the rent rule is not as advertised. So you can have different terms that will cause the LOI to be void and you allow you to simply get out of that that contract, that LOI. And then finally, um, when writing the LOI, you know, use a simple words, not too simple, but of course you want everyone to understand what you are um, implying with the letter of intent. So let's talk about the legal implications of an LOI in real estate, because even though it's not a legally binding contract, there are legal implications, especially if the buyer is doing their due diligence in the process of going from LOI to purchase contract, because then the buyer is spending money. So if there's games being played on either side, 
um, it can lead to litigation court. Okay, why is an LOI necessary for commercial real estate? Well, quite simply, the process of going into contract on commercial real estate is very complicated. There's lots of moving pieces, and the best way to do this is to just have an initial summary agreement. That's all an LOI is, right? Terms, closing date, purchase price, broker, you know, amount of mortgage, um, inspection contingencies, mortgage contingency, if any. So that's all in there, and that's going to just kind of give an outline for the contract. It helps the attorneys understand how to draft the contract. It helps the broker understand how the transaction is going to be closed and the buyer and seller to understand when they expect it to close and how much money the buyer will need to come up with. And the seller understands how much of a mortgage the buyer will get and, and so on and, and what their terms of inspections are going to be, which can make the buyer seem weak or strong. Right? So all this has to be outlined and summarized and by having a good LOI in place, you can get that done and it's going to allow you to go into contract much faster and stronger and without as many headaches or retrading going on while you're in the LOI period. So if you do want to retrade, that means renegotiate the purchase price. The LOI period is a great time to do it, okay? Because you're not actually in a legally binding contract just yet. You haven't put up hundreds of thousands of dollars in an escrow account. And the buyer and seller are just kind of getting to know each other and starting the, the transaction process. So it's a good time to renegotiate. It doesn't harm the brokers as much. It won't harm your relationship with them. It's kind of the right time to renegotiate. So you want to do your due diligence a lot when you're in your LOI phase, get a really strong understanding of the property. And if you find a bunch of red flags and you want to renegotiate the price or just kill the deal outright, the best time to do it is in the LOI stage. There's generally no ramifications for exiting the deal as long as you have a reasonable reason to do it. Um, and that will be explained generally to the broker or your, your attorney that you're working with. Once you go into contract, um, killing the deal or getting your deposit back or renegotiating the price or the terms is much harder. So it's still possible. That's called retrading, but you're not going to make a lot of friends in this business doing that. So the best time to retrade is when you're doing your due diligence through your LOI period. That's when, again, you're not legally binding and everyone kind of expects a little bit of retrading. If at all to go on, it would go on then. So that's how we buy our properties. We tend to go LOI, get it signed, do our due diligence, go under contract, put up a deposit, do our environmental due diligence after that, and then close that out about 30 days after, and then close, the con close out the property, purchase the property in whole, generally about 60 to 75 days once we go under purchase contract. The whole process takes about 90 days, okay, LOI, leading to a purchase contract about three to four weeks later, about 30 days later, and then closing about 60 days after that. Okay? That's how long it takes to generally close commercial real estate on uh, larger properties. You can do it faster than that, but I wouldn't promise the seller you're going to do it faster than that because that could put you in a tight spot, especially if you're getting a mortgage. Obviously, closing cash on real estate could be done in a matter of days, but getting a commercial loan, which is the way most of us buy our commercial real estate, um, that does take about 60 days to close out. So you want to keep that in mind when you're drafting your LOI. And the bottom line is the right way to do an LOI is to make sure you do it with your broker. He's going to guide you in the process. He or she will make sure that you're doing it right. And then your attorney's going to pick it up from there and pretty much handle all the heavy lifting and the real serious uh, legal uh, wording and put that LOI into a legal contract, which will then allow you to close on a piece of real estate successfully and happily, knowing what to expect in the transaction 
all starts with an LOI, a good LOI. So if you want to learn more about how we purchase real estate and how we help people invest in those buildings so they get the benefits of owning real estate like cash flow and equity growth and tax write-offs without having to do all the heavy lifting behind the scenes like draft an LOI, do the due diligence, create the offering, get the mortgage, close the property successfully, raise all the capital. That's what we do here at People's Capital Group. And we help people invest in those buildings with us, but they don't necessarily have to do all the heavy lifting behind the scenes to make it a reality. They simply get to enjoy the benefits of investing in real estate as a passive real estate investor. So if you want to learn more about that and how we've helped people invest in real estate for the last decade, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com, fill out a qualification form, connect with me, Aaron Fregnito. We can do our discovery call and see if our investment goals align. And if they do, and you're a qualified investor, then we can move forward on discussing what we have upcoming for our investor group right now and how we're helping people build wealth and real estate right here in New Jersey on current operations right now, current opportunities right now. So let's connect. Go to peoplescapitalgroup.com. Enjoy all of our content there, podcasts, blogs, webinars. And let's connect when you have a moment on that discovery call. I'm looking forward to seeing if our investment goals align. Thanks a lot. Have a good day.